Welcome to Transform Your Workplace. I am Brandon Laws, your host. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Today's guest is Reshma Sheikh. She's an independent data scientist and statistician. She consults in the areas of data science, statistics, diversity, mentoring, and community building. She's also a listener of the podcast, and that's how we got connected originally. And so she wrote an amazing article on mentorship, and she's doing a lot of great work in mentorship, which is our topic for today's episode. And we dive into all the reasons why mentorship is taken off. Reshma mentions that, you know, she really didn't hear about it 20, 30 years ago. And now all of a sudden, it's like, you know, one of those foundational pieces of learning for a lot of people. And the problem we're having right now is that there's a lack of supply of mentors. So hopefully at the end of this podcast, you'll come away with, you know, some action items for yourself as far as, you know, do you want to be a mentor? Or how do you implement it in your organization? How do you create some structure around a program? So I think there's a lot of different ways you could take this episode, but it's great content, great awareness around something that it's really desired by a lot of younger and up-and-coming folks. So enjoy today's episode with Reshma Sheikh. I'll step aside. Enjoy. Reshma, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. You wrote a phenomenal article on mentorship. And I don't know if you've ever done a topic on mentorship on this podcast. So I wanted to just pick your brain on this. I hear it a lot. As you stated in the article that you wrote, in the 90s when you were in college, mentorship really wasn't talked about a whole lot. And now you're saying it is. I even hear it all the time. What's the current state of mentorship in, you know, with younger people all the way to, you know, organizations who may have formal mentorship programs? Yeah, I hear it all the time, too. You need a mentor. You need a mentor to advance your career. Find a mentor. And so I would say the current state of mentorship is a lot of people are looking for mentors. I specifically work in data science and I did a survey in data science and I would assume that it's, you know, it's similar for other fields or some of that information can be extrapolated is in my survey, 70% of respondents didn't have a mentor and half of them had never been a mentor, but over 90% wanted to obtain a mentor and learned from my involvement in the community and through the survey that the demand for mentors is really, really high and the supply out there is very low. So what do we do to flip-flop that a little bit where there's more supply of mentors and maybe hold steady on the demand for it? Because I think it's ultimately a good thing and we'll dive into why it may be good. But how do we build more awareness around this so people are more willing to become a mentor? I think that, you know, one of the things is that mentorship requires time and the people that people are looking for mentorships are usually pretty high up in the pyramid. They don't they hold high level executive positions and they're very busy. Mm. And so, you know, one of the things to do is to look really broadly on, you know, the lower in the pyramid for mentors. You talked about in a survey that you'd asked some folks and 90% of them said they desire a mentor. And I'm curious, like if you could define what they mean by a mentor, like we know what it means, but Maybe everybody's definition of mentorship may be a little different. Like, what are they seeking? I don't know if that was clear in the survey, but I'm really curious what they're after. Right. I mean, that's a good question because a lot of people are looking for mentors and the understanding of mentor really spans a broad range of, you know, requests. 
it seems that the current understanding of mentorship is that it could actually be sponsorship, which is providing for and advocating for the career advancement of an individual, uh, which is very separate from mentorship because someone who's a mentor may not be able to necessarily provide sponsorship. There's technical expertise that they're looking for. Sometimes it's career coach with very specific career mm -hmm. skills that they want to develop. And sometimes it's actually given, you know, what people are looking for. They're actually looking for a psychotherapist or a psychologist to talk through feelings. Yeah, so mentors specifically, from my definition, they provide advice, support, and guidance in a professional capacity with some degree of feedback and recommendations for technical resources. There's a, quite a spectrum of that definition there. And it seems to me, like just based on your description of it, that there could be mentors that are more voluntary in nature, so free, just time really. And then all the way to, you even said like possible therapist or a life coach or something of that nature where it's more intense, probably in the relationship where you're probably paying for that sort of service. Am I wrong in thinking that or does that no. sound about right? No, you're absolutely right. A few of those roles in terms of, you know, say an actual tutor for a specific technical goal or a psychotherapist or a career coach, those roles can be, you know, people can find people to provide those skills. It does cost money, but it, you know, can be considered an investment. So where's a good place to find a mentor? Like if I'm looking, I guess it depends on probably what you're looking for. Like if I want to grow my career in a certain area, or maybe I need help with working with people, I probably want to seek a certain type of mentor. So where do you even start if you're looking for a mentor? So, you know, the two best places I would say to find a mentor are uh, someone that you know directly or someone that comes through a network relationship that you have. I don't recommend asking a stranger. People can ask them, but I think the chances of finding a mentor hmm. that way are much lower. That actually makes a lot of sense because they're just, I mean, they might be flattered in the moment, but it's like, I don't know you and how am I going to help you if I don't even know like what it is that you need help with. So... And I think it does take a relationship first to start, especially a formal mentorship relationship. So right. I'm curious, like with a mentorship, is it ongoing? Is it a one-time meeting, more like an informational interview sort of thing? Is it something else altogether? What's your experience? I think that there's no one specific type of mentorship relationship. I think that the more flexibility there is in understanding um, mentorship or the visibility, the more that an individual can actually get the benefits of mentorship. It can be all of those things that you suggested. It can be, you know, ongoing. It can be one time. It can be someone that you don't even interact with, but, you know, people can observe them. Mm -hmm. It can be, you know, one time asks with a very specific request. And, you know, rather than the nebulous, let's meet for coffee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's always suspect too. You're like, why are they reaching out to me on Facebook and asking for coffee? Are you trying to like sell me multi-level marketing stuff? Or right, right, <laughs> We've all got Very, that. yeah. <laughs> and I would say, you know, the most importantly, I was like, like I approach a situation with like the ultimate respect for someone's time. So when I think this person's really, really busy, and I would ask, you know, something very specific, and you know, don't ask for coffee if it can be asked in an email, you know, and be specific as to what somebody wants and thinking that the person's busy, just, you know, offering to meet them someplace where they're very close by, you know, specific and respecting people's time is important. A minute or so ago, you said the word observe. And I wanted to ask you about this because I've heard a lot of people say this. So because of like just social media and content, YouTube, for example, 
there's a lot of these thought leaders that are out there just putting out content, you know, whether it's their keynote talks or video podcasts or podcasts, you know, I guess you consider like this podcast, if somebody's listening and doesn't necessarily know me, but they feel like they know me because they listen all the time. It's like, could somebody in theory be mentored even from afar, even if it's not like a formal relationship? Because I've heard people say that, like, oh, I feel like you're my mentor because I'm consuming all your content. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I see, you know, uh, thought leaders as mentors of mine, even though I've never met them, never spoken to them, never, you know, maybe like not even interacting with them on social media. I look at, you know, what they've done, how far they've come, what their story is, what they recommend, you know, what it is that I admire about them. They can be really inspirational. From your perspective, what have you seen from a mentorship relationship on the spectrum of like what we just described, which is like from afar, you don't necessarily know the person you're just kind of observing all the way to like a very formal relationship uh, where there might be a start and stop date. What's the most important mentorship relationship in your, is it formal or is it just observing or is it somewhere in between? I would say it's somewhere in between. It wouldn't be one specific type, it would be including all different kinds of those mentorships and a diversity of thought, a diversity of relationships, a diversity of fields that people are in. I love the the point you just made about the diversity fact, because, you know, like my role in particular, I have kind of a weird role. Like I work inside of an HR consulting company, right? There's a lot of HR professionals. I'm a marketing person inside of it. However, I have to seek out knowledge and thought leadership in both areas, both marketing and both HR. Like I have to know the industry intimately, but I also have to know how to market our services, right? Right. So I'm seeking mentors across those two areas for the most part. And even a step further, I'm also a leader inside of a company. So I need to also gain leadership skills. So that said... I have multiple mentors across those areas. Do you recommend people do the same where, you know, you may be a data scientist, you want to know technical data science related things, but also maybe, oh, you're a leader inside of a company, you need to have mentors that are spanning, you know, maybe the best leader in their area, and you need to seek out their knowledge. What do you think about that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Because, you know, nowadays, to succeed, It's not one specific skill, right? It's that specific skill in a certain area that someone works in, as well as communications, as well as marketing for a person's skills. It's, you know, we were speaking before about, you know, even my sister, who's a physician, this, your podcast is very beneficial for her for giving feedback to the other doctors, you know, who report to her. That's amazing. When it comes to like formal mentorship programs, Do you recommend there's a formal agreement with like a start date and a stop date? Or do you typically see it's a one-time thing or maybe a very, very short-term relationship? I would say, you know, it is helpful to have, say, defined time frame for a relationship. Mm -hmm. In that way, goals can be established. You know, people can think about what they need and how to go about it versus something that's, you know, just very open-ended. I think people are more likely to achieve what they want within a certain time frame. I'm glad you mentioned goals because I think with any relationship, you know, whether it's manager, employee or mentor, I think having defined set goals or benchmarks that you want to get because you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of the relationship. So 
That said, if you do have a formal mentorship relationship, what is the dynamic between the mentee and the mentor in really trying to maximize that? Are they setting goals? Are they setting benchmarks? Are they assigning homework? Like from your experience, you've dealt with this a lot more than I ever have. I'd love to know your perspective on this. So I would say, you know, in terms of the best, you know, how the mentee can get the most out of the former relationship is to one, take the feedback. And I'm going to say it again, respect the time. And Mm. the other thing I would say for growing, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, when people are feeling uncomfortable, that's actually a good sign. It means things are shifting, you know, and in terms of accountability and holding, you know, a mentee accountable, you know, what I would say is the mentee really should meet their mentor more than halfway because the mentor is someone who's really busy. They're high in demand and they're yeah. giving their time away without charge. And so it doesn't really make sense for the mentor to be chasing down their mentee. You know, I would say the mentee should take the lead on that. And then, you know, if a mentee really wants like specific, you know, career coaching, then to actually go and get a career coach for that. Yeah, what's the point where that as a mentee, you'd recognize that you need a career coach rather than just a mentorship? Hopefully the mentor (laughs) will tell them that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Although I suspect in some of these cases, you know, I've heard stories where the mentor has gotten, you know, frustrated and saying, you know, I'm not quite sure that. You know, I give the advice. I'm not sure it's been the best use of my time. I'm not sure it's the best fit for both of us. And I don't know necessarily that those very honest conversations are happening between those mentor and mentee relationships that do exist. So if you're a mentee, you know, besides goals that might be set and you're really driving the relationship and, and checking in those sort of things, what else could a mentee do to make sure that they're getting the most out of the time that they do have? It's great to establish a reciprocal relationship which is why one of the reasons that, you know, mentor-mentee relationships that are built from two people who know each other through a community, through a job, happen to be the best. So something reciprocal, you know, whether it's uh, something group at work or community group, giving back is really one of the best ways to sort of benefit from the relationship and also learning from that experience. I mean, you know, people who are mentors need, you know, they definitely could have some specific support on some projects that they want to establish. So just being near that mentor and providing that sort of support is a way to grow and learn. Let's go back to where we started talking about why mentorship, because we're hearing it a lot more. And it wasn't so much so, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. So why mentorship? Is it a lack of learning and development tools within organizations? Is it just, you know, it's one more thing to develop? Like, What's your perspective on this? You know, I think that people want to advance in their careers. And I think it's a perfectly natural need. I think it's a good thing. You know, nowadays, I have the statistics better than me, but people switch jobs quite frequently, right? It's not like 20, 30 years ago, when people stayed at the same company for, you know, decades at a time. And so people want that, you know, they want that mentorship, they want that career path, they want that career growth, but it seems like managers haven't actually caught up with that need. And so people are looking for that mentorship. If they can get it at work, it's great, but it seems like they're looking for it outside of work. As a mentee, when do you know that you're ready to become a mentor? I don't know if you've ever run across that. I would imagine that you've had mentors at some point in your life, maybe you probably still do. But I know you mentor people now. So at what point did it kind of flip flop, where you're doing a little bit of both on both sides of it? 
there's nothing a sort of set in stone. It can happen as early as three months. It can happen six months. Once somebody has learned a skill, they are ready to pass it on to someone you know new who's coming in who doesn't have any of those skills. Yeah, that's a good point. It is like there's no set time. It's more just like once you feel like you've got everything you needed to from the mentor, it's really passing it on to somebody else. It is, and you know, it spans different fields of work it spans genders it doesn't have to be the same gender it can be a different gender it can be you know even age doesn't matter you know i learn a lot from people who are 20 years younger than me you know they're mm. much further ahead with technology than i am they have maybe a lot <laughs> less baggage than i do and i'm like oh yeah i remember thinking that way i should yeah that's a fresh way of thinking so with that said i've heard this term reverse mentorship do you like do you know like a definition around that i don't know if it has to do with age or if it's experience or whatever it may be, but maybe shed light on that. Is that the mentor-mentee reciprocal relationship or is it something? I don't know. I hear it in our industry quite a bit. And I, from my perspective, it's like you might have like a senior level person, but maybe somebody who's newer entry level might have, they might be good at certain things, most likely technology. And then they're able to, you know, the more experienced person could probably share some leadership and people-based things. And then the younger, more less experienced person could probably share some technology-based things. So the point is, I think they're, they're each good in their own ways. And there's something to learn from both sides. That's kind of the way I understand it. But I didn't know if there was something formal around that. I haven't heard anything formal to that. But I would say, you know, Coach, everybody has something to offer. Everybody yeah. has skills. And, you know, some people know some things better than others. And everybody can learn from each other. Yeah. Are there any like really unique things that you've seen in your career from a mentorship standpoint where like somebody just got so much out of whatever relationship they had. And I'm curious what format it was in. I would say, you know, the best thing in terms of like, asking like very specific requests, you know, asking specific requests in terms of what exactly needs to be done. For instance, introductions. I noticed that you're connected to this person. Would you please be able to connect mm. me with that person? That can, you know, sort of make that network broader and you know like specific questions about what resources can i do to get from here to there i don't know if that's sort of the question you were asking yeah really just in terms of how do you like of all the relationships you've seen or heard about or talk to people or even your own personal mentor mentee relationship the most successful relationship like what happened in that relationship to make it so successful there's a lot of things i would say managing expectations mm. makes it successful reciprocity makes it successful, being open to feedback and advice. And yeah, that's a biggie. Having like some a respectful relationship helps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. Is there anything else that you can think of from this topic on mentorship, whether it's, you know, getting started or ending the relationship, anything like that, that you think would be helpful for listeners who are either, you know, trying to encourage their people inside the organization to seek a mentorship relationship or they themselves need it? I would say, you know, first approach is think of mentorship as being available. There's abundance out there rather than there's just not enough. And the best way I would say to get started is to offer to be a mentor first. Yeah. And see how that goes. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think like in doing that and then also, you know, things like this where you're talking about mentorship and we're going to release this podcast out to thousands of people. And hopefully that does create some more supply of mentors. I think that's what we can do for our part, right? Right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is amazing to talk about this. 
where can people learn more about you and what you're up to? Sure. So my name, at, plus my last initials, R-E-S-H-A-M-A-S. And so I am on that, with that name on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on GitHub, which is a coding repository. And I guess you can link to my article on rethinking mentoring and data science when this podcast is released. I absolutely will. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was great. 